Hey, you all, a special thank you to our amazing and growing Patreon.com patrons. Terry, Erica, Stephanie, Suze, Diane, Andrea, Barbara, Anna, Jenny, Robin, Jennifer, Karen, Julie, and our forever first, Trisha. As Patreon patrons, they get early access to our episodes, my eternal gratefulness for helping us express our love for all things Project Runway. And if you're unfamiliar with Patreon.com, it's a wonderful little site whose mission is to support creative work. There, you can make a small donation of support to the podcast to help out with production costs. And if you'd like to become a Patreon patron, visit our page on Patreon.com forward slash The Workroom Podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. The link is also in the show notes. Now let's get to it. How do you feel about what you say of him on the show? Well, I'll be honest. I watched the show because of you and Heidi. (laughs) (laughs) We're crazy about him, and he really does add a tremendous amount to that show. And I Oh, the other night, this guy comes up to me, and he's holding something in his hand, and I thought he was going to ask me for directions. And he flips it open, and it's a police badge. And he says, excuse me, sir, you're under arrest. What? And I was like, what? And he said, for being the best designer on Project (laughs) Runway. Having to show three pieces and us compete for the final spot at Fashion Week. I hope that they choose me because I would love to be showing my collection at Bryant Park. The reason that I got into doing what I do is to make people happy and to, you know, add some laughter and fun into the world. And I just... I love doing it, and I love that it makes people happy. He's precious. He is. is. Indeed. All right. Goodbye, Have Joe. a great whole life. Thank you so Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye now. Hello, all you lovely listeners. Welcome back into the workroom, a labor of love, dedicated to Project Runway. I'm Ernez, and Tim Gunn's leather blazer is always in fashion. And I'm Patricia. Welcome to my hallway where I sleep. <laughs> Welcome back into the workroom, Patricia. Um, you're back in time to talk about the most wonderful time of the year, which is the Tim Gunn home edition of Project Runway. <laughs> So, um, yes. And then um, apologies to you listeners. And I've already apologized off podcast, Patrice, you too, because I totally mixed up uh, these episodes because I I think I thought episode 13 was a reunion. It's not. It is, in fact, a longstanding addition of a tradition, I should say, of Tim Gunn's coming to the designers' homes or wherever they're living at the time, going to their studios pre-fashion week and um also where he gets to stir up some trouble which is great so um so happy that you guys are coming along with us we're almost to the end of this vintage season four and this is episode 13 according to wikipedia and according to daily motion hopefully um so but before we get into it just remind you all that um, you can send your questions or any gossip or rants to us at our Gmail account at in the workroom at gmail.com. And also hang out with us on Instagram and Facebook. And 
you just search for us at The Workroom Podcast on both of those platforms. And also letting you know there is a cheat sheet for this episode, even though it's not a formal uh, runway. But remember, we've got some two maybes <laughs> in the running for Fashion Week. So they need a cheat sheet. Um, it's Rami and Chris March. And to remind you all, we have a Patreon and we are dropping bonus episodes. So um, there has been a little bit of a lag with that. Uh, it's also on me letting you all know it's the beginning of the semester. Patricia's shaking her, shaking her head, but it, I, I totally feel it. But um, yeah, so we're at the beginning of an academic semester. So it's been kind of tight for me. And um, and and I don't want to speak for Nayland, but I have a feeling that it's also been kind of like a, a rush of activity as we get started for our wonderful students through Zoom. <laughs> so, we, so Patricia and I will be... Um, again, diving into the Netflix sensation that is Next in Fashion. And um, so those will be dropping soon. So so stay tuned if you're on Patreon. And if you'd like to tune into that, then join us on Patreon there. And then Nalan and I will be going into the BBC historical fashion adventure that is A Stitch in Time. Um, yeah. All right. Can't wait for that. Oh, my gosh. Same. Can't wait for that. <laughs> I mean, it'll also be like a nice little getaway from the intense but wonderful academic diving that uh, that we'll be doing as we enter into another semester with our grad students. So, so yeah. Oh my gosh, that'll that'll be like kind of a nice respite. So let's get into this respite of a show. Um, we are down to the final four. Last week. We said goodbye to Sweet Pea, but also Heidi got her dream of continuing the squirming for another, uh, we'll see how how long, um, because we open on the runway and we have the designers are remaining for with Heidi, who is congratulating them, but making room for another gauntlet for these for these people. Because Jillian and Christian Siriano are the only guaranteed designers into Fashion Week, but Chris March and Rami are still left to basically worry in per- in perpetuity. <laughs> Not in perpetuity. Let's let's see what the challenge is. So the next challenge, of course, is to create looks for Fashion Week. They're assigned to make twelve looks. Their budget is eight thousand dollars, and they get five months which is a month shorter than normal. So usually Bravo, the Bravo version of Project Runway, uh, uh, Bravo or One Point Bravo, usually they get six months, but still five months is way more than um, you will see them getting once the show makes the switch over to, to Lifetime. Um, this is more akin to the, like, you know, sort of letting them dedicate some time to maybe debriefing and also when Tim comes to visit them uh, it's not like hey next week is fashion week which you know has been a a running thing on Lifetime which is to me very annoying and uh, I feel so not helpful for the designers (laughs) so um, but for more details on this Chris and Rami have to bring their collections back to New York after that five months. And they also have to choose their three strongest looks to showcase to the judges who will finally determine who the finale three will be. 
Also, I love how they pretend that they were going to bring the models out for yet another elimination on the last episode before they go home. But no, um, Heidi in ADR goes, you've chosen to stay with your models. So we've decided that, uh, you know, we're not going to subject them to yet another humiliating moment where they obviously say goodbye to Sweet Pea's model. So I'm so glad that we didn't do that. Instead, she brings out Tim Gunn and um, Tim comes out and pretty much explains the rest of uh, the assignments, I guess. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking about assignments because this is, wow, are we in an academic year? Yes, we are. So Tim explains to them, you will be showing your collection to the most influential crowd of people in your entire career. So fear of God. And um, basically, Tim explains that he will make a trip to each of their uh, their homes or their studios or wherever they're making their works and chime in and and help them and do his mentor jobs uh, on the go. So now they get to go on the roof of the Gotham City Apartments. And here they get to have some Moe Chandon. <laughs> and also, uh, it's very apparent that Christian Siriano is barely old enough to even do this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Barely old enough to legally drink some champagne on the roof. And um, it's just wonderful. <clears throat> The toast that they do, I mean, it's, 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 it's also, it also leads into what, the, what is the the shortest walk-off segment ever. Usually this is like a big to-do, um, but it's a wonderful little moment for all the four designers to kind of like do a walk-off, but then they mean mug the sunset at the end of the roof. It was, it's, you know, it's, it's just a little moment. It's very adorable. All right. So. Now the, the 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 designers after leaving the roof, um, they have to pack up and leave. I think Christian Siriano like heads to the subway. It's really strange. Christian and Chris and Jill Jillian all live in New York City. Rami is the only one who's flying home, who's from LA. So this is like a New York heavy finale. And mm-hmm. um, also they get to voice a little bit of their insecurities before they leave. <clears throat> so Jillian. Um, basically has her eye on the prize. I, I think all of them feel, or at least Jillian and, and Christian, both are very sure that this is something that they can win. And I think also being in the dynamic of having, being in the half that's guaranteed and then in the other half that's not. Also, I'm pretty, I'm still sure, I did not do my research. I'm still sure that this is the first time this has ever happened. So um, this is so brand new and and sort of takes them back to season one when they're in unprecedented territory. It's like, well, what is this? What are we doing? This feels so precarious. Um, and and no spoilers, but it, it they have done this in later seasons. And sometimes, you know, it's all four or maybe it's all three. It's never really been guaranteed. So Rami and Christian pretty much are... Um, God, just under a lot of stress. All right. So now it's Tim time. We are not messing around. <clears throat> it goes straight to Tim uh, with three and a half months ago, rolling up on an apartment that looks like downtown Manhattan. <laughs> and um, the first person he gets to visit is 
Christian Siriano, who's working on his collection in New York City. So this is amazing. We get to see where Christian Christian Siriano got was living before and and during his time on the show. And what it, it looks like his apartment is it's a typical downtown Manhattan walk up and in a room that's probably, you know, four feet wide by seven feet long, perhaps, yeah. maybe. The cameras and Tim and Tim's fabulous wool coat barely fit into that apartment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what I love about this is also just, you know, Christian in his talking head goes, um, yeah, so my bedroom is my sewing room. My sewing room is my bedroom. And my, I think my bedroom was definitely a closet before I moved in here. And, uh, you know, um, I, it's, it's just, it's just, it's what it is. I sleep on the floor. Um, so shout out to your tagline, Patricia, because yes, this is, I mean, honestly, this is the most organized thing. I, you would have to be really organized to live and work in a place this small. Um, yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like pre, it's not pre like home organization. Um, you know, at this time, um, a website I used to read launched around this time called Apartment Therapy, which apartment is all therapy. about like how to make the most out of living in small urban spaces and how to make those spaces feel comfortable and cozy. Yeah. And I look at this apartment and it's sort of like it's clearly pre Marie Kondo of everything <laughs> is neatly tidied, you know, as opposed to just adapted for small space. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it does not surprise me at all. Yeah. It's wonderful to see even on so the sections of Siriano space, def, he definitely has roommates, right? Yeah. Because um there is this there's a living area. Uh we don't get to see the other people who are living there. Unlike mm-hmm. the other designers, we also don't meet his family or anyone in his life at the moment. Not sure why. But um, in the in the living room area, we can see some really stylized framed Union Jacks that um, like kind of like line the living room area because, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, oh, this is interesting. Of course, we hear all the time about Christian studying abroad in um, in the UK. Uh, and we have these like time in UK influences. And in his studio area, there is racks there are racks of clothes that he has already made and there's also a rack of clothes in that living area that we don't really get to see that much of that I'm also pretty sure I'm wondering if those are his clothes that he wears day to day and he's just kind of like in his transitioning of like from bedroom to studio that he just kind of rolls that out and then the what stuff that's rolled in are the things that he's made then there's also like an inspiration wall and we see a huge like a large picture of his muse his model um from from the show on there and a bunch of other influential things and also that's where we go to to get a little bit more background into his family because he has photos of his um his classmates back in london and or the uk i think he went to school in london right i don't know in the uk and then um um, images of himself as a kid and then in some in some family as well but um yeah i it's 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 a we get a, a really amazing photo montage of sort of like what little 
baby Christian Christian Siriano was like, and also baby New York version of Christian Siriano. Yeah, it's like a dollhouse. It's sort of like <laughs> this kind of like dollhouse feeling where everything is really neat, really thought about, yeah. really everything has its place and it's in in its place. Yeah. And and the queen flounces around with a lot of ideas, <laughs> you know. Yeah, because like there's this such an adorable little picture and I feel like Christian and Rami's photo looked really similar. They both had like kind of like round faces and a bowl haircut um, and one of those little, you know, like Sears looking portraits of themselves. Oh, they're, they're, chi- they're childhood they're, Yeah, their childhood photos look really similar to me. <laughs> and then, um, you know, of course it has like the the linear progression of Christian Siriano going from this little like doe-eyed kid with a bowl haircut to look so at me cute. I'm cutting hair I'm in this fashion world and I'm doing like you know I'm styling your hair the way I style my hair with a, with a flat iron and a dream it's just it's really <laughs> wonderful and still like he's so young <laughs> he's so young I mean, he's always young but it's sort of this this really wonderful flow out and then we see his living area which is so quartered and 90 degree angled and efficient but yeah I like how you I I like that you brought up the whole Marie Kondo thing because there's a lot of stuff in there because there has to be um and and he has to make do with what what he's got and he's doing really well I just I'm I don't know I'm I'm also especially since we are you know months into this different way of working as artists too I I'm of course we're under different circumstances and are a lot more stress, a different type of stress. Um, I'm still just admiring his work ethic because when he brings out that rack of clothes, he's just got a lot already done with three and a half months left till New York fashion week. I don't know. Um, This might be a moment for one of my uh, special interjections. Um, Yes. (laughs) A week ago, um, Christian Siriano had a feature in architecture architectural digest magazine did you Mm -hmm. see this i didn't oh okay okay so christian siriano's home was featured his current home Mm -hmm. like his non dollhouse current (laughs) was featured in architectural digest um and it is stunning i'm going to send you the link yeah Um, it is you know Modernist Connecticut Refuge is the title <laughs> of the, the article. And, you know, it, it, it's been, it, it's no longer, a, I mean, I think there's nothing, nothing in that house. I think the post office box is bigger than that hallway that we see Christian sleep in. <laughs> oh, my God. He has a walk-in post office box. So like, I get <laughs> so much mail. <laughs> I get so much fan mail. You know. Seriously, like sometimes, you know, I, I get like people try to mail themselves to me because they're such a fan. <laughs> it's I like know. it has to be but fan I size. Them, I keep telling them that's not how Grinder works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I keep forgetting that he's single again or yeah. single as in not no longer married or, or, you know, officially partnered up in that way. That's so interesting. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. That's um. I'm sending you the URL. Yeah, thank you. Um, 
I just, I'm just like, I'm just, am, am blown away. Okay, so let's talk about the clothes he has so far for Tim. Oh, that. Okay. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, <laughs> such a, you know, a nicely uh, sectioned out apartment. So, okay. Besides the huge amount of racks of clothes, um, it, it it's pretty clear that Christian was is sort of extending what he did for the last episode. So if we remember the visit to the Met, Christian was influenced by this, um, a painting of a Spanish soldier or some type of military person. Um, and it's sort of like taken the same type of color scheme and also this, his approach to it with a lot of separates, because one of the things he pulls out is this, neck thing it's just an it's a neck thing so you know of course last week he had five pieces for his model's torso uh this week he looks it looks like he just he's making a million pieces for just the neck and even though they're they're beautiful it's wonderful and how uh tim's like well what is this like how do you how do you wear this is it's is it a skirt is it a tube top no it's just for your neck is it a hat no it's for your neck um, it's this beautiful, it almost kind of, um, it's like this wavy type of organza thing that, um, I don't even know how that would, because of, I don't think he's thinking about it functioning in real life because then he, then he pulls out some feather pants, but like, if you're living in New York and you're wearing this, will it keep you warm? No, it's definitely for a moment <laughs> because if, you know, it would definitely have to be made of a different type of fabric for it to be functional. Um, so it's straight off the bat that this is a fantastic take on, or a theatrical or show take on, on, um, on the runway, which is worrisome to Tim because he feels like he needs to pull a little bit back. (laughs) What do you think was more worrisome that neck situation or the feather pants oh my god the feather pants holy holy crap because (laughs) he pulls out these feather pants and he goes this is my finale this is part of the finale piece and I was excited to see that pants were a part of that I'm like oh my gosh that'd be great but they're so narrow and it's sort of the same take on when we've seen him do pants which are just these cigarette very fitted silhouettes and um I don't know. I I was kind of taken aback by Tim being like, this is great, but is it too much? Instead of Tim saying what was in my head, which was like, wow. Oh, no. Tim said costume. Actually, yes. do disagree with Tim saying that it was costume um, only in how it's like. I don't know. I didn't really see it as being costume because of the way it looked. But uh, I was. I think I was kind of worried about um, just the fit of them. Like practically, what would that look like on a body? Have you tried this on anyone? I've never seen anyone wear just feather pants. Have you? (laughs) Like what what would that move like? I mean, I don't know. I mean, McQueen has done a lot of stuff with feathers on pants, but I'm not sure if they've actually ever been made with feathers. And I wouldn't know. Okay. Okay. That, but I, you know, when the McQueen, the Steve McQueen show was at the Met, um, or maybe it's the um, the Raven 
there's the raven dress and there's stuff in that line that looks like pants mm-hmm. but i'm not sure if it was made the same way hmm. and, and they were and those were like very very black feathers like okay. clearly like not like um flouncy light feathers that look i did think it looked a bit costumey mm-hmm. um in fact i thought it was like um very in place like i didn't know where this what place what places do we have to wear feather pants to yes yes Mm. yes and of course we can make places to wear feather pants to there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that a good party like that's all we need right yeah but in terms of like showing a major collect like i just don't think that's the place to show potential (laughs) like to me feather pants feels like something you can make after you um after people already look to you for that kind of thinking, not hmm. before, but maybe I'm being conservative in my thinking about that. Yeah. I mean, um, I, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that because there's a lot going on with all the other things that he brings out because it's sort of what he's, while he's showing Tim the leather pants, which, and I'm pretty sure he brought those out cause he was the most proud of that. Um, it did look like there's a lot of work put into it and, um, the colors were so perfect. So it's like a, like a taupe or a, almost like a pink, like a pinkish hued kind of feather. And it was matched really nicely with the other colors in, 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 in the line that he has so far. It's very consistent with the color, but he, but he brought out this very voluminous blouse that looks like a tan version of the blouse he made for the last challenge and I think if he brought something out that maybe was a little less over the top then Tim would have been like all right but Tim is like how are you going to use these pants or like where is this going who is who is wearing this where does this fit in how are you going to style this and it's just like it's just a lot like it's it is more pirate than the last blouse in my opinion (laughs) yes it is so it's It's pirate on top and it's just like big bird on the bottom so Ooh, it's very it's very like Margaret Thatcher pirate. It's entirely that. <laughs> yeah. I thought um yeah. Yeah. It, it's like ruffles and feathers. A lot like, of shit. Oh. A lot. A lot. Um <laughs> All right. So next, I mean, anything else to say about Christian? No, okay. I think you yeah, I thought he looked really great, though. I thought the hair was a little more toned down. Nice job. <laughs> I love the yeah. little the little the waistcoat situation. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah. He just seemed a little, you know, very mature, uh, well prepared, and yes. had some sleep. You know, I think I yeah. think sleep does a lot, also. For sure. All right. So next, we journey to uh, Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> to meet with oh actually no i'm sorry we we just oh, okay. we just get into a car sorry um i we i got really the excited they cross the river um to meet with jillian and jillian's also working in new york city but to me it sort of looked like she was on the upper west side i don't really know mm. i don't know what this looked like it just seemed like tim went from downtown to uptown and um but in a car um Instead of like the subway, which is faster. Anyway, so she he he gets to her place. She has a really great apartment um, that's also f- filled with a lot of work as well. So 
we see how Jillian has set up her stu- her her living room area as a studio for um for for Tim. Um and then this is where we get the the debut of Tim's amazing uh leather blazer um which is I I feel like this is our this is like an iconic piece of clothing that I do believe that Tim has talked about in some interviews of how he bought this leather blazer during his time at uh, in his tenure at Parsons and uh, it was like his like grown up I'm an authority blazer and it's just it looks so good anyway but also I want to point out what Jillian's wearing Jillian's wearing like a Nordic sweater with a high collar and then some shorts like winter winter shorts I just think the whole thing is adorable it's it's very like I'm gonna layer you know it's sort of like the big sweater and tights under the shorts yeah yeah it's very 80s. It is. This is how I used to dress when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> it was like... It looks very... Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. It looks very like... Like American ease. You know, like, I'm going to be mm-hmm. comfortable. I'm going to be warm. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's really great. But yeah, this definitely used to be how I, how I dressed. With tights and shorts. Because that was cool. In the late 80s, early 90s. So um, we do get to hear a little bit from Jillian in her talking head. She explains that when she left the show, sort of like Christian, but a little bit more blatant about it. Because I'm just surmising this from looking at Christian's, um, like what he has so far. But Jillian's like, look, after I left the show, I didn't go back to Ralph Lauren. Instead... I took some time off, walked around, got some inspiration, but then realized that I was still inspired by the last challenge. So she's also taking that that Met um, visit and extending that and kind of just leaping off into it. And, and to remind everyone, she was inspired by this, I believe it's a 16th century painting of a war scene from um, a, a, from the Argonauts. So she's taking that doing more research and essentially her collection is based off of this 15th century idea of armor from, um, from, from this particular culture. I'll just say mm-hmm. <laughs> Argonauts in the 15th century. So yeah. Um, yeah. And, and uh, again, a lot of work done. She's got her mannequin set up and I just love this. This is this might be a, maybe a little bit too much of a of an art deep dive for our listeners, but I I am so nosy about how people set themselves up for um, for studio visits oh. <laughs> and and for open studios. So you know if if they're if you live in a place where artists live and they have open studios where you can go in and see what they're working on, um, I'm I'm naturally nosy. So these are. I just love doing this because and also seeing where the studios are and then going in and seeing their work displayed um, and how they choose to put their works together. For me, I think Jillian is a really good student. Like I think that's the way she set up her space. Uh, So is Christian. Christian's also a good student. And for, for Jillian, her version of it is to go out and get her own mannequins and, and set everything up in a way where it's not on racks. It's, it really looks like a salon or a, or a boutique. It looks like a boutique. And you have her, her things set out, um, styled, and then she has her inspirations laid out on the table of, you know, the photographs she's printed out and everything. It's just really, 
it's really interesting. But also I love that she has a space to do this. So Yeah, and, and this vis, I mean, you said, oh, Jillian is a good student. And I, I agree with that, which makes me think about Christian as being like the perfect salesman. Ooh. You know, and, mm. and Jillian being the good student. They both prepare. They both do their work. They both do their research. Yes. But yeah. the way they present and, and, and sort of like reveal th- their thought process is through th- this very, these very different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because she's not. Yeah. Uh, Christian's more of like a, like a show and you can also see that in the clothes. So let's, let's talk about these clothes. What were your thoughts? I'll, I'll, yeah, I'm kind of curious what you thought on, about on Jillian's clothes. Yeah. Like just the preliminary aspect of I it. I was sort of like, oh, Jillian do a different coat. <laughs> I didn't like this coat hmm. that Jillian had um, on the mannequin. Cause it, it's looking like the, the, all the coats she's made pretty much during the season. I would, but not, I mean, she, listen, the first coat that Jillian made in collaboration with Victoria was a stunner. Yeah. And I haven't quite, I mean, I've liked elements of it, but not necessarily liked any other coat that Jillian made since as much. Um, so when I looked at this collection, it seemed like, um, it didn't, it didn't seem as modern as I expected Jillian yeah. to make. And I didn't understand why there was so much embellishment. Um, It just seemed like this extravagance of embellishment that I didn't understand. Yeah, there's a lot of details and and especially on there is a coat that looks like the seams are in the shape of what do you call those things? The the things that you uh, see dress, on, dress forms? No. On the yeah, on the dress forms, they look like you know those interlocking things almost like like we like watch parts what what is that called it like they kind of interlock together what do they do like aside from interlocking how are they used they're you know they're used to to kind of turn into each other or they're little turning mechanisms and maybe they turn the the hands or they like they look like watch parts there oh. is a word for this i can't remember like little gears yes no. they look Not like gears. gears yeah oh gears yeah oh, okay yeah um that's what one of the to me one of oh, the oh yes the jackets look like and I just thought huh what is this saying about your how how does this lean into your thesis but also it does seem to be costumey and to to me I thought that's where Tim would go but the only part of the critique that really stuck out to me that Tim pointed out that was interesting and I thought a, a good take was that it was he called it rainy day that it's just very gloomy there's a lot of gray a lot of darker navies and and blacks and there's red here and there and um i agree a lot of it looked a little uh dour in in a way and in that really bright apartment it it just really stood out but also the last the last um few challenges she's used color in an interesting way and this was it felt so off the rack with the way she was using these colors in this 
and we'll it'll be different like we'll see the next episode when we discuss the finale like we're not really spoiling anything because we only see her again I, th- I feel like maybe there's I would I would imagine that Tim went to her apartment the same day so we still have like three months to go so there's a lot more work to see and a lot more changes but I was a little surprised that some of the things look so normal so. not just normal but I felt like they referenced here's where I got lost and, and part of this might be my own ignorance of shapes um, but it seemed like okay so you're referencing a medieval painting but everything looks like you're referencing the 1940s because to Ooh. me all of these shapes on the dress forms were very the sort of like strong shoulder like narrower hips but not inhuman you know <laughs> not yeah. like not made for corsets thankfully but sort of just these shapes that were very kind of poofy and long and the hat looked like it it just seemed very disjointed in terms of cohesion and references yeah yeah which which is fine it's in progress it's not you know it's not finished it's not complete that's fine Mm -hmm. but I was I didn't know where to go from it yeah I yeah I was I was just yeah I was kind of underwhelmed by it. Um, and we learned a little bit more about Jillian because now we get to go out to Long Island to spend time with her family. And um, it's been a long time since I've seen this episode. So I, I just was under the impression that we weren't going to see or I forgot that we actually do get to see some family because we start with Christian, who we mostly stay with him the, the, the entire time. But... Um, we ride out to Long Island um, at the end of the day to have dinner with Jillian's family. So we meet her mom and dad and her partner, and I do believe her siblings as well. And we find out that Jillian's mom saw a clairvoyant before she had any children. And the clairvoyant told her, like, Jillian's mom, you're going to have some children one day. And uh, one of them's going to be famous. And so apparently uh, Jillian has been living under the pressure of being famous for her entire life. My goodness. <laughs> because her mom told her, she's like, Jillian, you're going to be the one who's famous. I want to I want to sit down with Jillian's mom because there are three kids. And Jillian, I think, is the youngest or the middle child. There definitely is one older. And then in the baby photos we see of Jillian, there is one other kid who see, who could be the same age or, or, you know, around the same age. We, I don't really remember where she is in the birth order. But uh, I wonder if the first kid came out and the mom was like, nope, not that one. I want to know why. And then the second one comes out. And she's like, nope, not that one. And then Jillian, she's like, well, I, the first two clearly are not going to be known for any fame things, but Jillian, you're my last hope. <laughs> Just like, I don't know. So um, it really also for me kind of informs a little bit of Jillian's anxieties. I am making a leap. This is, of course, I don't know Jillian, but I also, I wonder if a lot of this pressure that she puts on herself um you know, time management. I wonder what that, how, how growing up with the expectations that you're not just going to be successful or follow your dreams or do well, but that you were expected to be famous and particularly for something creative. <laughs> Which I'm just like, wow. And 
and really for somebody else's fantasy of that yeah yeah you know it's sort of like oh my you know so yeah I mean who knows it could have been if Jillian wanted to be anything her mom's like you're going to be famous for that you know it's like you know what I I want to I want to teach or I want to you know, do hair or I want to yeah. um, become ele- an electrician. It's like, okay, great. Mm-hmm. Become an electrician, but you're definitely going to be famous for that. Right. So if mm-hmm. we hadn't seen her <laughs> on Project Runway, like maybe we would have seen Jillian as like a, a home builder on HGTV or something like that. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe the clairvoyance it was just, you know, open enough. But now we have Jillian who also has a dad named Tim, which is, oh, so interesting because yeah because because basically tim's (laughs) dad tim jill jill's jill's dad version of tim like the real dad is just like you know what tim uh people always talk about hey it's almost december santa claus is coming to town but i say to them nope tim gunn's coming to town oh and they're they're so thrilled that tim's there especially the other tim so it's like Tim Long Island Tim meets Tim Manhattan Tim and it's it's just it's wonderful. <laughs> and Tim Tim is just a great sport throughout all of this. But I think this is this is this whole all of this that you mentioned kind of isolated like why when I like I've liked Jillian's work, but I always feel like, my God, what a stress bucket. Stress yes! bucket. Yes! Get away from stress bucket because Yeah. Um and I think that I think you called it. That is that pressure that exists where there's this like blinding hunger to yeah. do do this one thing. And and that is actually what bugs me about Jillian. It's like mm-hmm. you are good. You don't yeah. owe anything to anyone. Just find. I mean, I'm saying this like it's easy, but <laughs> find like find the thing that you can stick to and grow with instead yeah. of like living up to this thing and. This is also something that bugs me about Rami, actually. Hmm. Is oh, this, oh, my God. Yes. I think they are both very similar in that. And, and this is something that Rami has said over and over, mm-hmm. um, especially when receiving criticism, is mm-hmm. the, the whole line of, this is what I do. I've wanted this since I was five. It's like, yes. okay, so if you have known this is your calling since you know a young age, there's nothing wrong with that. But I, I almost feel like that shouldn't be what defines us yeah. as creative people or makers of stuff. Like, that's the beginning of something. That's right. not proof of genius. That's not proof of what we should be doing. To, yeah. So to me, it sounds very, um, like, hard-headed as opposed to kind of open to understanding what your role in a given craft actually is. Yeah. And so it's, so it's really hard for me to almost to sort of, like, um, uh one, I, I don't know. It, it's hard for me to be like anything other than like, okay, do your thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because it also makes me. Here's here's my uh, tangential, <laughs> like my little like side road off of that, because when you say things like, I knew from the moment, even before my children were a speck in my eye. That mm-hmm. one of them was going to be famous, or any, and also growing up under that 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 cloud and that whole thing with with Rami that you brought up makes me think of. Um, there's a book 
that I'm slowly making my, my way through by uh, David Epstein called Range. And it's the, the full title is Range, Why Generalists Triumph in a Specialized World. Because there's this also this overarching idea of, you know, and I, I do agree with you with Rami. Like, maybe that's also why he annoys me. He's like, I've been working at this longer than you. You know, even if I'm yeah. 30, for 25 years, this has been my dream. And it's sort of this idea that the longer you do it or the earlier you get into it, the more deserving you are. Or it's guaranteed that you'll be good at it or that you'll be an expert in it. And, um, and then you'll have mastery as opposed to maybe it's even thinking about, you know, clairvoyance or people who do uh, practice those things or think about those things where it's not specific. It's just what's the, what is the meaning of fame? Does it really mean being on television and does it really mean getting notoriety like an Oscar or something at the height of whatever and being known by many, or is it something that is a different interpretation of that? Um, And also you're not necessarily going to get there just because you started early, you know? And I think that's also sort of the fascination with Christian because, uh, or even when you talk about your bio, it's like, yeah, you know, I've been sewing since I was, you know, I came up, I like, I was sewing in my crib or I grew up at the feet of my grandmother, you know, and I, I, I used to press the pedals for her and I learned how to use a sewing machine before I could even walk. And I'm like, oh my God, you deserve this. You deserve, you're so good. But it's, yeah. it, it's not, it's, it's yes. And, you know, it's like all these right. other things, like that's a way to approach it right. and to do it. But then there's also another way where you can kind of get to in this the circuitous way and I think I, like on these shows and I, I love that you point out with Rami because Rami's so blatant about it and I you know <laughs> I think he's a really good example of how that's sort of like a cultural thing that we hold where it's like well you know if you're a phenom um, or it's required that you be a phenom for you to be really good at this um, how yeah. young you start and also how famous you get at what age that really makes a difference because you're so focused and you inherently deserve recognition for starting early. <laughs> it's like, yeah, not really, especially in the yeah. arts. It's hard. Um, yeah. I mean, if, if you sit around spending a lot of time trying to prove your calling, then you're not contributing to your calling. And I feel like a lot of this is what that, sorry, was that really? No, that's great. That is, was that really sh- is that, I is that a word? <laughs> In my head, I'm like, that's a word, but three. No, that I love that. No, no, go on. I'm sorry. I just. <laughs> I like how you went into like happy, like, uh, like I forget how I would describe that gesture. Just like happy, yes, agreement mode. <laughs> yes, it was happy agreement. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, it. That's that's so that's so fascinating. It's sort of also the 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 saying of, oh God, I'm gonna mess this up. I'm really bad at sayings, but, um. Uh, you don't have to stomp all over the place if you're really good at it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, like, I don't, but that makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. If you're if you're really invested, you don't have to do all this stomping. It's it's there is some expression of like light walking versus stomping um, through. I don't I don't know it, but but yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah. All my words are are gone today. They're all. I'm sorry. All my words are just sort of in my syllabus. <laughs> All your, word, all your words are on academic strike. They're all in- so. <laughs> um, okay. So, anything else to say about this moment in time with Jillian's family? Nope. Because speaking of 
uh, stomping hard and treading lightly. It's time to go to LA to meet Rame. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. So uh, Tim gets to fly to Los Angeles, which is also my hometown. I always love to see it on <laughs> portrayed in the way it is. I'm just like, where does Rami live? It's such a huge county. Anyway, so um, Tim or Rami welcomes him into, I'm pretty sure it might be his home. And it's this wonderful um, little social time with Rami's friends as well. So Rami has welcomed him with like a, like a, in a, a, in a, what do you call it? Like a spread of wonderful little hors d'oeuvres. They get to talk and blah, 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 and like catch up. But we also have this moment to get to know Rami a little bit more. So we do get into a bit of um, Rami's biography as well. And um, we learned that Rami's mom was Miss Jordan in the 60s. She looked like she was getting married at a Catholic mass. I, it was, I mean, her, the dress that they, it was like, what was Miss? So if she was Miss Jordan, was she, was she the representative for Miss Jordan at Miss Universe? Like, was that even a thing back then? And what is this Miss Jordan thing? And why does she look like she's getting married at the Vatican? Um, it's, it's an interesting background, but because Rami was, um, we know that he's Israeli. He was born in, I think he says Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and also just, um, we also learned that he looked up to his mother and feels that his mother was very influential on him, but she also passed away when he was really young. Um, and this is also where we get to see the baby pick of Rami that to me was like, Oh my God, are he like you and Christian and, and Christian and Rami, like look at these little bow, bow cuts. Um, he also looks upset to have this haircut in this picture as well. But, um, but he talks a lot about his struggle with, um, coming to terms with the fact that he liked fashion and the cultural conflict that he was dealing with, um, even as a young child. And he shares a story of his brother snatching his sketchbook out of his hands and, like waving it in front of um, his family and this moment where he thought he was going to get into trouble, but his, his parents were actually drawn to them in a way, or um, he, he notes that he was actually encouraged once it was known or once they discovered that this is something that he was interested in. Um, he was in, he was actually supported and, and pursuing that. But also had was very slow to realize that he actually wanted to be a full fledged designer and envisioning. I in my notes I wrote he, he had a hard time envisioning himself of doing this. Um, but I think also just like learning a little bit more about Jillian's background, to me this was so important in humanizing Rami for me and and adding those layers in about his temperament, the way he approaches his design, um, how what to me is my my perception of him being a rigid person but also a bit um you know just sort of and we've talked about this like how he kind of panics in his his design process and um and all of this like it was it was just a really interesting profile i thought to kind of get that out of out of rami but yeah 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 um so 
after we meet with Rami and his friends, we get to go to his massive studio. Because guys, if you didn't remember, if you've forgotten, Jessica Alba is one of his clients. And if Jessica Alba is one of your clients already, like she's not coming into a little shoebox, like a four by seven foot studio. It is enormous. Rami is a working fashion designer, <laughs> fashion designer who is probably still like not, un he's no, he's not emerging, but in that in between phase where he's on the cusp of being established, but still, still like not, still above emerging, I would think, because even back in the day in Los Angeles, like this, it's a huge studio. Um, so he brings Tim to his place shows the collection and Rami starts out. Okay. So Tim, let me tell you a tale, a tale about time. Um, <laughs> this collection, <laughs> it's about Joan of Arc and instantly like all that work that they did before to humanize Rami for me. That I'm like, Oh my God, look at him as a little baby. And like, Oh my God, like his mom, his dad, like holy supporter, like, Oh, Rami. Joan of Arc comes out of his mouth and in my notes, I go, fuck you, Rami. Fuck off. Like, seriously? Because in my head, I'm just like, you're copying Jillian. That was the in that was instantly the thing that came in my head. But as we were as we've been talking, again, like so many similarities between the two of them. But it made me kind of mad because we have another armor-related motif to be dealing with. I'm just like, come on. Rami. Um again. Again, yeah. anyway, so okay, what are your thoughts? I've talked, I've talked a lot about. Oh, I think that, no, 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 you, I, I don't think you've talked enough in my book. <laughs> I think that it's, I think there's a lot to say about that, and I, th I, I really do credit. It's not so much as uh, about Jillian. Hmm. Like I think we see that this is like a constant thing that always sticks out for me in Project Runway. Hmm. All seasons of it, all seasons of it. People get. Um, insecure about what the judges want mm. and do what they think the judges have liked before about other people. Ooh. And yeah. so it seems like this is sort of like, okay, well that worked for that person and I like that too. And maybe I connect with this. So I'm going to do that too. Cause this is a safe thing to do. This is a safe um, element to bring in mm -hmm. because that, that, that has a proven record of something. And, and people I think choose from that place, but also in, from their own repertoire. Oh, when I did this, they liked it. So I'm going to build on this and that. And that I think, of course, is more productive. So when I look at this, at these clothes, I'm like, where did all this come from? Yes. Yeah. Because to be honest, these were the clothes I was expecting Sweet Pete to make. Oh, really? Oh, oof. Because. So, well, yeah. So we can, like, we can describe a little bit of, of what we see here. Or can you describe um so what i mean by that is like they're all very ready to wear hmm. they're very like piece they're separate with a lot of ready to wear um ease about them and and construction which is fine i have nothing I mean, that's all great but i was sort of like rami where did this come from i feel like hmm. they came from a capsule somewhere wow. so i mean i actually liked this bordeaux shirt that has pleats that i really liked oh. it's like the first thing that rami shows tim yeah did you like it it's a, i i loved it it was a draped shirt uh, or a blouse it's like a, it looks like the most draped thing um that he has shown tim because that's another thing that in terms of what he's 
made so far. Um, I don't remember how, what, what in the timeline, uh, what in the fashion week timeline we, we are, we are here, but I would imagine that we're at least three months out. Um, and he's got a lot of work done, but it, there's hardly any draping. And this to me looked like a draped pleat, pleated thing. It was sculpted really nicely and it's got that beautiful, I love that word Bordeaux. Yeah. That, that, that description of the color is really, really appropriate for that it's i don't know what, what to call it like dark red doesn't really get there yeah you know? it's like a like a it's like a like a light wine color which this yeah. would also yeah. I, I i would love that in like an olive green like a yellow like a an olive green with a lot of yellow in it yeah you know, just very shimmery too yeah <laughs> yeah but anyway i like that piece and again this is what i thought sweet pea would be making for us like okay i know i have the commercial stuff down now i'm going to be more daring um but that didn't happen so we kind of see it here and again more coats i mean oh god which is also what has worked for jillian that and it's it makes me mad because i love coats and he tim pulled a coat off of the rack that had elements of it that um oh my god I don't even know how to describe it like it was it was voluminous and fitted and according to Tim was it was just heavy as a as a stone like it just was so physically heavy and also super worked there are pleats in um in every part of the arm and so the pleats that you see in that wonderful blouse are echoed in that arm there are pleats everywhere and um and the sh- you know it just doesn't it's not oh gross it it makes me mad i don't understand how to describe describe what i'm feeling and, and and articulate my emotions into words right now but um one of the things that i thought about when you're when when you said ready to wear was when Rami left Parsons or the Gotham City Apartments to go home, got in that cab, his voiceover head talking thing said, okay, so what I've learned this season is that the judges like drama. They like something that's more extravagant and bigger. You know, I'm, I'm just, he, and so what he got or his takeaway or we're led to believe by the editors uh, you know, the main takeaway for him is not that they want to see variety or that they want to, they do like, they do appreciate his draping, but please use it in an innovative way. Do something that surprises us. He was like drama. And this <laughs> doesn't, I didn't even think about that until you said ready to wear. This is might be what, Rami thinks is drama. <laughs> Are, it, it based like very worked up office wear. Things that you could wear to the office, but maybe you work in the, uh, you know, oh gosh, you know that the the the, the building where Elle magazine is, you know, where, where people can mm-hmm. walk in and, and, and step into the Devil Wears Prada and, you know, where you need to be in a corporate setting, but with a twist. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. sort of what this looks like. Yeah, it's like celebrity business lunch meets uh, corporate, you know, fandom. <laughs> yes, corporate <Sorry>. fandom. <laughs> <laughs> the Devil's Wear Prada is a corporate fan movie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a fan flick. It's, it's absolutely corporate fandom. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
so Tim, um, yeah, Tim, I, 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 I think for, I don't really remember Tim's um, main crit- critique of it, but basically it's just that it's heavy. It's really overworked. Um, I was hoping that he would comment on the lack of draping to just sort of like reassure Rami that what you were doing before isn't all bad. It's just, there are just elements of it that they would like for you to elevate. Um, also, a, Oh, that's what it is about that coat. That coat, would you say that's mustard or khaki or just mm-hmm. yellow? Is it mustard? mustard? Right. I would call it mustard. Okay. So some, so, so some of our, 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 uh, our fellow super fans of project runway might remember that Nina Garcia hates this color. She does not like mustard, but we don't know that yet. I don't think that comes up until like two more seasons. <laughs> but I remember seeing that coat. I'm like, that's the wrong color, Rami. Like if you're trying to, if you're trying to please the judges, don't, no, not that color. She, it's a hard color for Nina. Um, so yeah. Anything else about Rami before we move on nope. to our, okay. So we move on to our final designer. Um, so Rami is in competition still. And so is our next designer, and that is Chris. So we meet Chris March in an actual space in New York. So it looks like he's got an actual studio apart from his apartment. I'm always, you know, I just, just, it's just so great um, that, you know, you have a, an outside space. But again, like we, we do learn a little bit more about Chris's background, which we've already alluded to during um, this whole season. But Chris is really established as a, 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 a costume designer, um, first in San Francisco and um, has a pretty strong clientele in, in New York. And what he says in this segment of Hey Chris is he's been struggling with how <laughs> a costume designer expresses themselves in a fashion sense and, and not in a, particularly costumey way and that has been Chris's struggle this whole season as well um and there's always been like a hinge of 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 costume but we we find that his thesis for his his uh collection is um beauty with a quirk mostly fashion and a tad bit costume so trying to kind of put a little bit more of himself or what he tends to or what he actually I think honestly enjoys doing which is costume um, but translating it for a high fashion stage. Um, so we go to, so we're in, <laughs> we're in Chris's studio and oh my God, it just, um, there are a lot of mannequins. There's, um, there's not a lot of work up. I think we have like maybe five full fledged pieces, I think. Um, and it looks like Tim is pretty like nonplus, like ham ham and then uh discovers the the highlight of this collection which is what's being used as a trim uh, and it's human hair it's human hair tim literally gags <laughs> tim upon hearing that what he's looking at as the 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 furry collar around this velvety uh blazer is human hair. Um, and Tim has no idea how to actually feel about this. <laughs> and it is, um, you know, upon looking at this again, 
this was the most memorable aspect of Chris's collection in my from yeah from my memory. Uh, it's still creepy as fuck. I have to say, hair as a collar, um, hair in sleeves, um, hair hair uh, uh, you know just as fringe. But it's still it's still iconic. Like it's still creepy and it's iconic and it's it actually um, we'll see it later or we'll talk about it later. Um, is is so visually effective. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah what, what were your thoughts on that well you know I, i'm not somebody who's like eager to go wear hum, human hair but i didn't see what the big deal was because everybody's like so grossed out when i say everybody i mean tim mm-hmm. tim acted so grossed out and i was like wait but you know generally human hair is pretty clean you know it's mm-hmm. not and, and people wear leather all the time you exactly. know so I, I kind of didn't understand the big deal um but I also thought it's so, again, this makes me think about the stigma through which people view Chris's work mm. and judge Chris's capacity because yeah. so much of these things are things that Alexander, oh my God, I earlier said Steve McQueen. I meant Alexander McQueen. Oh, Alexander McQueen, not Steve McQueen. I know, yeah, sorry. Well, yeah. I didn't mean, th- I meant the fashion designer, not the filmmaker and yeah. artist. Um, so, so much of what, Chris is doing, I, I don't want to sound like there's some, there's clearly an influence in terms of visual impact and playing with materials and using unusual materials in mm-hmm. ways that can be worn to sort of toe the line between elegance and edgy. Yeah, yeah. And so I, it's interesting that Tim kind of, you know, snares and goes, oh, it's very, it's very costumey. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like, well, why can't it be avant-garde? Yeah. Yeah. I, why can't that also be avant-garde? Because there's already a precedent for that. Um, so, yeah, I thought about, about that. Like, if Chris's background had been, okay, let's say sweet peas. Mm. If Chris's background had been in making very successful day dresses that do really well, and then Chris did this collection, would have would it have been viewed as costumey? Because quite frankly, mm-hmm. I thought there was way more costumey feelings in Christian Siriano's, what we saw from Christian Siriano. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I thought about that. Yeah. I, I think about that too, because I, you know, I thought for the types of fabric he was using. So there's, there's like, I think that's brocade, um, so, so mildly heavy ish weights and fabrics and a lot of velvet. And there's also a lot of other techniques that he's putting in there. Um, it's not spelled out, but th- there's, there's a velvet dress that's crocheted down the middle. And, um, and we'll, we'll kind of talk about that later, but it, I just thought he was sort of using these fabrics that I typically don't like together or don't see as acting together in in an interesting way um i do think that the hair there was hair on the back of one of the brocade fabric uh blazers that was that was a little it was it just didn't belong there it was almost like he was trying to make um maybe like a like a i don't know like like a like a how an old hollywood version of a cowboy uh jacket or something um with a really high collar or a really large lapel I should say like a large lapel but that and it's blue and black and then the hair on the back is light brown <laughs> like, 
<laughs> just totally weird. That's totally no, weird. no. It doesn't need it. It doesn't need it. Um, it's like, okay. yeah. So Tim tells Chris that he's been living in a monkey house. <laughs> he uses this allegory. I think that's how you would use that word. That um, he uses a lot. And, and it's this wonderful. It's like now it's Tim's story time. And he goes. So but for Tim, it's not a story. It's a refrain. I have this refrain about the monkey house at the zoo. You know, you go in first and you go, oh, my. Oh, this God, this place stinks. And then you're there for 20 minutes and you think it's not so bad. And after you've been there for an hour, it doesn't smell at all. But anybody coming in after you into the monkey house freshly, they go, oh, my God, this place stinks. Chris, you've been living in the monkey house for too long. I kind of thought that I was like, OK, refrain, but also kind of mean. <laughs> I, I thought just, that was me, too. Yeah, I was like, mm. Chris is taking it. Whoops, I'm just hitting things over here. But I think Chris is taking it as a good sport. But yeah. I, it to me, it felt like, like, I I don't know. Are you saying his work stinks? And I, I know you're not saying it stinks per se, but um, there's another way of saying you need an outside look because also, yeah. Tim, that's why you're there. You know, and, and I, I, I think it's a great way of, of advocating and encouraging critique of your work. Um, and not sit, yeah, and not settling with what it is that you have and getting an outside perspective. But it doesn't necessarily mean that what you have is awful and gross. It it just means that you need, yeah, you need a fresh look. You need fresh eyes. Um, and I can think about it stinking, you know, like if my work stinks, but not thinking that as a negative connotation. It's like, oh, yeah, no, we all kind of need someone who's got a new nose. <laughs> coming into our studio yeah. and telling us like, Hey, it's fuming in here, here where the fumes are and, and mm -hmm. letting us know, like, that's all. That's all. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like, Tim, you could have just said, Hey, you need to get out of your own head. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Step outside for a minute. It doesn't yeah. have to go to this whole like Tim performing teacher Tim for some reason. It's like, we, that like, as you said, that's why Tim is there. Yeah. So, I mean, they talk about pressure. Pressure, but also saying something not helpful. It's like, mm. that's what happens when you work on your own, is you live in your own universe and you make your own universe. And if that smells, if that's smelly to you, yeah, then say why. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering if there was no human hair, <clears throat> if that metaphor would have been applicable. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? If, if, if Tim would have gone the way of using like, some kind of body, body, whatever to make this metaphor. Uh -huh. Although it's like, come on, Tim has lived by now in New York long enough to know there are plenty of people who who will pay um, ridiculous amounts of money to be stuck in a chamber that smells a lot worse than a monkey house. <laughs> so, come on, Tim. Yes, yes. Upgrade those metaphors yeah. and <laughs> be like, helpful, Tim. You know. You know, Tim. Um, yes. Probably in the same building that Chris is showing this. <laughs> <laughs> if it's in Midtown. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Like, it does look like a Midtown. It's got this, like, West Coast, like, glass block thing going on that is, again, it's very 80s and 90s, but, but I've only seen it in Miami and, and L.A. Like, it just feels like a very... 
<laughs> you know, like warm place kind of deal. Um, you know, but I obviously, I see a lot of places that don't get a lot of light, like between homes, to oh. sort of like have privacy and um, have privacy, but also make the most out of light. But also, I've seen this in office spaces a lot. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um. All right. So then we leave the office space where, um, where Chris's studio is. And then we get to go meet Chris's friends. <laughs> and um, also what I, what I love is that on our transition here, uh, Chris, it, they're like, so Chris, what did Tim tell you? What are your takeaways? It's like, well, Tim left me some stuff about editing. While I do take that to heart, I'm still going to leave in some hair. So, <laughs> so Chris is like, no, I'm going to leave in there. Um, and we shall see that later. But on their way to meet um, Chris's friend, Larry, um, Chris gives us a, a little bio of his friend, Larry, to also prepare Tim's eyes. Because Larry has been living in his New York City apartment for 30 years. And um, while this might be an extreme example of that, I feel like whenever I've gone into someone's apartment in New York city, who's lived there for a really, really long time, it is just a, like, it's just a, an eye. I mean, it's a talk. I mean, I'm nosy. I just <laughs> love seeing how people have outfitted their spaces if they've lived there for a really long time and yeah. what, and how Chris describes Larry's apartment is as a Baroque Rococo nightmare. And I'm just like, it's so excited to see they open the door and Tim's words are, oh, this is staggering. I'm thrilled to be here. Every single inch of this apartment is covered in some homage to a, a Baroque Rococo, you know, highly ornate reference. There are mirrors everywhere. And my first thought was like, is there a place to sit? It just, is it, where do you hang out? <laughs> where do your eyes rest? Um, but we do get to meet, we do eventually get to a place where there are sofas and, you know, uh, surfaces where they can sit. And um, we meet uh, Chris's New York City fam fam. And also a little bit of background about how Chris got there because Chris, I don't really, I don't remember how long he has been in New York at this time, but he talks about like he was born in the Bay area, did a lot of work in the, in the Bay. Um, a lot of in one a costume contest in San Francisco and also, you know, I'm just like the best part of the story about Chris is that we get to see more of his portfolio. Cause there's just a ton. And I don't think they've really repeated anything over the season. Whenever we go into his background, you see new things all the time, but Chris, what Chris has had four older brothers and talks about how, you know, I'm pretty sure a producer asked like, so what do you, what's your family feel about you being on project runway? And he's like, well, you know, it's, uh, it, probably is them thinking or the way they're thinking about this is like, well, another weird thing that Chris is doing, um, which is kind of sad to me. Um, it, you know, it was so heartbreaking. Yeah. For me. And it, it's Chris is such a wonderful and um, I would say like a lighthearted character where he kind of smiles through this, you know, smile through the Tim critique and smiles through this. But this to me, like it just felt really, really sad because, but also I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful that he had, 
you know, like I, like I know him, I don't know Chris, but I'm, I'm, it's, it's really wonderful to see that he has a, a friend family that can affirm and be like, oh my God, this is a big deal that you are yeah. on Project Runway. Congratulations. This is not just another thing you're doing. This is wonderful because you're trying to break into the fashion world. And this is a one, this is a very significant point on your career journey. I, I use journey a lot, but your career journey. And I yeah. think that's so important. And especially, I I think, and we're shown in this segment that um, they're enjoying each other. And I think this is the most fun I've seen Tim have. You know, visiting all out of all the four designers, it seems like Tim's enjoying himself the most amongst these groups of like friend fans here. So, so wait a minute. You didn't think Tim was having fun trying to poke a grape? Uh, off of a plate when he went to visit Rami. That wasn't that wasn't Tim's ideas. Of, oh, you of mean fun? Tim all scrunched up and like on this like tiny little plate, like talking to these people, and you know, uh, that not that it's awful. He's scrunched up, like Tim's fairly tall, but he just looks so uncomfortable on that little ottoman without a back. <laughs> I know. No, this is definitely a very comforting atmosphere, and you know, it's really. I think what. What you're referring to about Chris and what was sad, it's like it's so important in life to have people who understand like your work as part of a larger continuum and know how to understand. And often, you know, it's a cliche. It's often not in our families that we find. No, no. That thing. So especially when you're doing creative things and something that's so exuberant as in in, and also often misunderstood and and non-mainstream. Um, usually marginalized and um, it's it can be it's very communal because when when it's it seems as if Chris had found his people in San Francisco and and now New York but it's really is still isolating in some ways and that are are you know that culturally culture will tell you like oh yeah um, your family is your family and your friends are your friends but when you have when you are in a when you are the type of person or or function and thrive in a community that is alternative to that it still is isolating but so super important for that because it's you know not a lot of people understand it um uh yeah yeah um oh man so we're back in new york and we're at jfk with rami because Rami had to fly in because Rami's only one not in New York. So we got to see him. And the theme for the day or for this time is this is so weird. Am I showing a fashion week? Am I on a show? Oh, my God. This is uh, this is so weird. Like I made this collection, but oh, my God. Like, what does this mean? So. (laughs) So it's like, you know, Chris and Rami are in limbo and it's just it sounds like the worst feeling. Because the we we all we follow them all to where they're eventually going to be staying, which is this hotel, um, most likely near in Bryant Park or near Bryant Park, where they would have to be in proximity to like a workstation, but also the tents. So it's like the vibe and the atmosphere of Fashion Week. But the only people who really know that they're going are Jillian and Chris and Christian. I mean, and Christian and Chris and and Rami are just like, oh my god. Oh my God, there's two rooms. So there's like two sets of hotel rooms also. There's a definitely going to fashion week hotel room. (laughs) 
And then there's the walk-off room. I, I've just named this in my notes. There's the walk-off room for, for Rami and Christian. And they have this obligatory socializing time in the hotel, which I which is highly awkward because they're trying to have check-ins because they haven't seen each other in five months. And it's like, how's everyone go? How is everyone doing? How, how's it going? Do you want some champagne? And, you know, Christian is like five months older, so definitely is legal enough to, to drink more. But it seems as if all that, all that Chris and Rami can focus on is um, I don't want to enjoy this too much because I don't even know if I'm going to be here tomorrow. Um, the, so anything to say about this time of welcoming back? Okay. So, no. yeah. So we go to the day of the walk-off, which is the next day. Essentially they land and the next day they, they got to go into it because also just to let you know, um, we have five days till fashion week. So they go to the workroom and, uh, you know, if, if it wasn't already clear about the two separate hotel rooms, it's clear from the workroom, there are only three work tables. This freaks everyone out because it's, it's for real now. Um, Tim comes in, uh, again, wearing his iconic leather blazer and then also reiterates it. Another nail in that coffin that, designers this is an incredible singular experience in your career but only for three of you uh just to remind you Rami and Chris uh tomorrow is not promised one of you are going home today <laughs> so the lay of the land is they've already chosen the models um if there are any last minute alterations there is a brother's sewing room available to them and also they get to choose a helper and is it going to be a, a an eliminated designer who's disgruntled and upset from the reunion no 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 <laughs> who are the helpers for Jesia? well um christian gets to help chris and Jillian gets to help Rami. So it's like a happy reunion. Oh, it's the, on the only people who can work together. They're so lucky that this is the final four. Because if it had been Sweet Pea, anywhere in the mix, and Rami, you know, it's like these are perfect little pair-offs. Uh, what is interesting about this is that um, I think this is an, a great way to keep it fair. Because... If they hadn't done this, because this is a stunt, listeners, um, I'm, you know, sorry if I'm spoiling this for anyone who hasn't seen any other seasons of Project Runway, but the tradition is, the, the current cr tradition is to make this into another, like, dramatic scenario where we bring back designers to be the helpers. But um, usually it's for everyone, like, everyone will get a, a helper or, um, yeah. I think I think that's how they do it. But I thought that this was a great way of doing it to keep Christian and Jillian busy so that they don't get any extra time on their um, on mm. their their collections in the meantime. So that's they interesting. Yeah. So they have to help each other get ready for the walk off. They choose their three top looks and um, they fit their models. I do believe that they only get three hours to do all of this. So Rami is boiling 
out of all of them, it's, you know, they're bantering. It's adorable. Chris and Christian are so so. Chris is treating Christian like a little brother, little cousin, um, just like you know, shoving him around. Like, stop talking. Don't talk to Jillian. Like, get to work. Get my safety pins together. And then Rami is just fuming, and Jillian is just taking it in. Like, Jillian is the only person who can work with Rami in the state that he's in at the moment. Not even the models. I don't think the models are equipped for Rami's level of stress. And it's just like, he's about to explode. All right. So it's time for the runway. So listeners, this is where you're going to pull out the cheat sheets. And we're going to look at the final or the three looks that Chris and Rami chose to show to the judges. Um, so that the judges can make their final decision on to who is who are the top three to go into Fashion Week. All right. So let's get to it. So we have the leather, the leather blazers back. The leather blazer. Oh my god. Um, okay. So, oh wait. Do you mean? Oh my gosh. Wait a second. Is this Heidi's leather blazer? No, the beloved Tim Leatherblazer, um, he comes back into the room and... Oh, that's right. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I just... I'm telling you, this is his, like... This is his grown-up... These are grown-up clothes for Tim. (laughs) And if anyone remembers the interview where he talked about this, where he's like, this is one of the first things I bought when... Like, it was like... Yeah, he talks about this blazer as an investment, and it's paying in dividends, Tim. It's paying in dividends. I think that's... interesting. Oh, yeah. sorry. No, no, no. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> it's interesting that Tim is wearing Tim's clothes. Right? Oh, yeah. It's not like a Hugo Boss suit. It's, you know, which is kind of interesting. Oh, that's Given that point. it's kind of a major show, but like Tim is wearing Tim's clothes. Yes. This is, these are Tim's clothes. Like his students have seen him wear this blazer. <laughs> um, all right. So ready for the runway? Yeah. Okay. All right. So we meet Heidi on the run one runway um, and she comes out with another companion, her bangs bangs for days <laughs> bangs, bangs in her eyes, bangs in her knee, like bangs all over the place. And she's, she's got like this really, really cool rock and roll thing going on. Um, one of my, I think is my favorite outfit of the season. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. That's a really comfortable looking outfit. Yeah, it's it's really the, really great. The tall people can wear. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Leather pants. It's so great. So we have our normie judges. There are no guests because this is, um, you know, the people who know them the best. They've seen the whole trajectory. The ones who are most equipped to make this very very enormously important decision. And so it's Nina Garcia and Michael Kors. Um, Nina is also out with her companion of Banks as well. So the first designer we have is Rami. All right. Let's talk about this. And we can talk about it in whole and, 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 and come out with the highlights. But the way it's on the cheat sheet is it's ordered in runway order. But we're going to talk about like the whole thing. Okay. Okay. So what are your thoughts on what he chose to show? I'm very curious to hear yours, but uh, looking (laughs) at this, I thought, okay, 
where did all this come from? But good. I mean, it was good. I didn't like that first coat mm-hmm. at all. Um, I thought it was overworked, disorganized, not cohesive. Um, I thought the color was okay. Hmm. But I was sort of like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... Were you blown away? Were you blown away? I wasn't. And again, like, I I love a coat. And when a coat's bad, it makes me mad inside. <laughs> and what he did with this, he changed the color. So I don't know if he dyed the coat or just made a whole new one in a different color. So this is the coat. This is, this is a teal, maybe a deep teal version of the coat that we saw in his studio before. Um, and it's hard to see on the cheat sheet what the arms look like and also there's a little thing underneath but it's like the least important part of the outfit it really is about the coat and all those details um the collar is humongous and the the sleeves are are also very billowy and now that you mentioned like being sort of uh into what the judges have praise i'm also wondering if he's into this volume because of what christian siriano did for the last um official runway as well and if he was like oh they like puffy sleeves so i'm gonna put all the puffy sleeves on the coats and put them in wherever i can also i didn't i forgot to mention this but the 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 look of the workroom or Rami studio back in LA, it was giving me a Sebastian gray vibe from season 17. And with this color, it sort of solidified it because if we remember from season 17, um, Sebastian who won season 17, um, he did these, he was just pleats all day, but there is this, uh, wonderful textural technique that, um, that he, that's, he's very well known for where, he's learned how to do these overworked looks, but still have them have some type of flow and movement to them. They're not stiff, but they look like they should be stiff pieces. And this is just stiff. Uh, It's, it's boxy and it's just unflattering and the shape that it's trying to achieve. I don't like it. And then the middle piece, the judges love this middle piece, just, you know, spoiler, spoiler alert, but I was very bored by it. I, I, and Me I too. think I think it's just, you know, it's maybe it's because through time it hasn't aged very well and how, you know, it might have looked more innovative back then. But it just seemed to me like a more worked out version of his avant-garde piece because it was yeah. a fitted corset, very boxy and um, and not really interesting in the silhouette at all. So I agree. I have nothing. Yeah. You said it. Okay. All right. Want to talk about Chris's next? Yes, I do. Okay. Let's get into this. So So do you want to start talking about Chris? About what you thought about Chris? Oh my gosh. So I, I held it in, but what I wanted to say about the hair is that it walked so well. It had this bouncy movement to it that I thought really was, I don't know. I just, I just love looking at it. My, um, so the first piece is, um, I think it's, yeah, I think that the, there's human hair on the skirt part, but it's also held together with safety pins and, um, there's human hair around the collar as well. And 
I think I think that there's a lot of brushed velvet in there too. Um, um, it's his his pieces are the photographs don't really show a lot of the detail of the texture, but I thought that as a as a black outfit, this was really wonderful. The styling was way too twenties uh, or way too I would say like early twentieth century. Um, which yeah. kind of added to the costume effect to it. And if he had made that a little bit more modern, I think it would lent to, and even like how heavy the, 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 uh, so, okay. So I'll also full disclosure, the images you're seeing on the cheat sheet are not exactly the same as, as what you'll see on the show, but they're very, very close. There's a lot of embellishment um, to that yeah. first piece that I'm like, oh my God, you already have a safety pin skirt. Why would you need more stuff with that? Um, yeah. So, yeah. And, and I, I thought the last piece, which um, Marcia is wearing, is the crocheted velvet dress, but she couldn't walk in it. It was a I very know. tight dress. And I'm like, didn't you not have time to fix that? Probably not. But you still wanted to show it. And I was like, I don't. I I think I think it was dead set on that dress, but I don't think it was a good one to show the judges before he could fix it because she couldn't walk. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think about it? Well, I actually, you know, the first look, I I thought, yes, this is a great start. Yeah, I'm not saying I would wear it. I would never wear that. But I thought, okay, this is doing what Chris is playing with, which is taking the drama of costume, toning it down or using it to make something that a celebrity would wear, right? Right. So I thought that had potential. I did not like the styling. Yeah. Um, the second look was okay. I thought the second look actually was very, I forget the name of the woman who buys for um, Bergdorf Goodman. I think mm -hmm. her name is Linda Fargo. Mm -hmm. This is something Linda Fargo has been photographed wearing. Oh. Not, not, not this exact outfit, but things like this. Yeah. So I was sort of like, well, you nailed it, Chris. Like, yeah. not my taste. I don't like it. But you're like that. It, you're doing what you wanted to do. The third look, I know you like it. I thought it was okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. I like the construction. I thought the construction is innovative. But I, 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 did I say I liked it? Oh, maybe I How thought. How do I you, feel about maybe it? Maybe I just heard that. You did. Maybe I, I just yeah. don't know why. Why velvet? Yes. With those cutouts, why velvet? Why not something else? Why not uh, like a, a, a thick jersey or wool? You know, like mm -hmm. something else, um, like merino wool. I don't know. Yeah, I also so thought, I thought the thought shawl it, was like covered up. Maybe, maybe that I don't know. I, I think they covered up a, a bunch and sort of made it even heavier. But yeah. So it's interesting to look at them, the, the three pieces. To me, they look more cohesive than what Rami made. But I definitely think what Rami made had more commercial appeal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So those are our six pieces. Uh, or their six pieces, not ours. We didn't make them. So... Yeah, it's time for judging. And <laughs> they start with Chris and Heidi goes, so this, 
what is this dead protein trimming your clothes? Is it bear? Is it llama? Is it goat? <laughs> it's human. Human. It's human hair. So like, yeah. So it's just like reveal that they have that, that Chris is using human hair. And of course, they like flash to all the judges faces. And I think Nina rolls her eyes. <laughs> But also, I think Nina has seen weirder and has um, witnessed more um, outlandish things. And uh, it's very clear that they're all kind of like, okay, yeah, let's just go with this. Especially Michael Kors, who who acknowledges that the clothes are are uh, are good, but also that that um, perhaps overly designed in a way. And of course, he zones in on the fact that Marcia could not walk in that dress. And he, and Michael Kors calls Marcia's dress a velvet condom. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what a great description for it. Um, and I wonder what he would have said if she could walk in that, I'm like, just like cut a slit up the back. Like it's really, it's really interesting. Um, so Chris explains why he chose these three outfits because they were, uh, from three different color stories, which is interesting. Cause it only looks like one color story or two maybe. And, um, and also the most dramatic. So he definitely was like going in on it and choosing these, these pieces to, to while to wow the, the judges. So um, any thoughts on this time with, with Chris? Well, again, it's like, I'm really surprised why Nina and Michael are acting like Chris is showing them a dress, like dripping in blood, you know, yeah. it's sort of like, Oh my God, people like, yes, it's a little odd, but it's not like you've seen, like you said, you've seen far more bizarre things. Yes. Yes. So, I was sort of like, okay, let's move on. If you don't like it, it's yeah. okay. If it doesn't meet the challenge, it's okay. But I mean, this is pre Lady Gaga meat dress, you know. But yeah, still, but, oh, it's like, um, yeah, but this is definitely not too far oh, off from that. Oh, oh, Ernest, <laughs> Lady Gaga meat dress. This is supposed to be a nice action painting. Yes. You know? Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I mean, it's yes, yeah, it's, it's yeah. I, no, I I totally get it. Um, so, but I, but, and also I, I, I liked Chris's response to Heidi's question of like, why should we choose you? And he goes, well, I think it would be great to have a perspective from outside the fashion world represented at fashion week. And I like that he acknowledged that. that he was outside and this like, you know, very much this acceptance of that status. And I thought, yeah, we do. Yeah, obviously. Don't you see it? <laughs> He's using hair. He's using hair. Like, yes, let's do this. Um, yeah. Love that answer. It was wonderful. It was a really wonderful answer. All right. Ready to move on to Rami's judging? Yes. Okay. So I thought, I wrote in my, my notes that Rami's face or the way he explained it, he goes, look, look, I want you to know that I listened and I incorporated tailoring because that's pretty much what they saw is tailoring. And then, but shocked that they loved, loved 
the middle piece, the the, the little the little drape the number. You're like, oh my god, I can see so many actresses wearing this on the on the runway right now, or, or in the red carpet right now. Rami, I'm like, really? Like the most interesting thing about that is the fabric he used. You know, like yeah, the fabric exactly. is beautiful, but the design of yeah. it, like, I think we just saw that last episode. Don't you not remember? Right. It kind of looks like the one that all the times these drape, it kind of just looks like all those times. It's so boring. So boring. And I can't believe that after a whole season of them saying, Rami, we, you've, we've seen draping, do more, do more. Now all of it, like Rami spent a whole season resisting that, then shows up with tailoring. And what they comment on is the draping. And they not just comment on it, congratulate it. I know. Celebrate it. Oh. Think it's genius. Oh. I know. Oh. I it looks that. effortless to me, but oh. I see that there's a lot of work in there. I'm like, you don't have to say that. I you know it's it's fine I it's 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 just it was kind of uh so expected in a way but I still I'm just also very surprised that they liked the least interesting least interest interesting piece and just about the coats um I think did someone say this looks like it's been hammered and nailed I think that might have been Tim's uh comments on it um but I think all they they commented on it was like, oh, I don't really like the coat all that much. Like, not into that. But this middle piece, oh, what a triumph. Yeah. A tri- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so the judges deliberate and la, 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 ha, ha, ha. Um, anything to say about this moment where they're in their director's chairs directing what we're going to see next? Okay. So now we get to the time to choose. It's time to bring back Rami and Christian. It's time to finally see who gets picked. Who gets picked for this? And, um, oh my gosh, Patricia. Yes. (laughs) Who is going to Fashion Week? Um, So Rami gets to go to Fashion Week. This is me tilting I, my head. I love because so I, I so Patrice, I, I can see in your face like I I ask this all the time because I don't ever like to say who goes home. I'm always asking you and Naylan like, uh, and you gave me this head nod like, ugh, that's your head looks like your head did a, ugh, um, yeah, it's it's Rami and we get the sad sad music do no 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 or whatever the the music is to say goodbye um to Chris's face cuz Chris's wonderful face it's sad but um the way Chris goes home is so gracious it's i wrote in my notes this is gracious as shit because yeah. um what he says is is that um he it's it, it also the last time Chris said goodbye was also very gracious when he wrote that wonderful note to all the designers like I I I I woke up from a dream like I dreamt that I had been sent to this wonderful place where I met all these amazing people and even with this like it's just like I really really appreciate this wonderful opportunity and um yeah uh um, forgot about that yeah it's just so 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 wonderful um they go in the back and they you know relay the news to awaiting uh jillian and awaiting christian who are still not allowed to work on their pieces (laughs) 
<laughs> I feel like they made them sit on the couch the whole time. Like, if they can't work on their uh, collections, you can't work on your collections. It's so fair. Um, but they come out to talk to them and, and Rami tells them like, yeah, it's me, <laughs> me, me. And they look at Chris and Chris is like, yeah, I'm going home. And then Tim comes in and tell, asks him to clean up his stuff. And Chris one last time goes, Tim, I think we've been here before. <laughs> That's so cute. That to me is classic Chris. Like I understand where I am. I know what's happening. I'm going to have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I would say that what was really, it was, it was a late realization for me as a Project Runway watcher in real time is that, um, so it's, it's notoriously well known that Project Runway shows decoy runway shows in order to obscure from journalists and bloggers who the actual top, top three are. Um, mm-hmm. So I learned later on after this that Chris actually did get to show his work at Fashion Week because the top five, I do believe, were the ones who made um, uh, who who showed their work at Fashion Week that year. So even Sweet Pea got to show work at Fashion Week. And so that's why the images that you see on the sheet sheet um, look like they're on a different runway. Like it's that's not Parsons. So that actually is in the tents at Bryan Park. Which to me, I was just like, oh, that's a little bit of solace because, you know, this moment is so sad. And I thought Chris was well-deserved, um, um, deserved of a spot at, at, at Fashion Week. And not just because, you know, I can't stand Rami, but I just thought it was more interesting. It would have been a more interesting show. Um, so what I've done is I've actually put a link to the um, online uh visuals of his final show those are in in the show notes there so you can kind of like go see it it still lives on bravo's website so it's it's accessible and just kind of yeah yeah you can go kind of take a look at at what wasn't broadcast on the show but was broadcast to the community in the fashion world so yeah oh Anything else to say? Any final words about this episode, Patricia? No, no. I was just really sad to see Chris go. Yeah, yeah. Like I um, didn't think Chris would win because I feel like somebody like you know I I know who the winner is already. Well, actually, we all know who the winner. Yeah, we is all should know. That's why we're but doing at, the season. <laughs> at this point, when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, it's going to be like my dream would have been Chris and Jillian." Yes. Final two. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, so I was like, no, <laughs> I know. But, you know, now we got to watch Rami's uh, runway next week. I just, you know, I don't remember it. I, I it, so I'm looking forward to that because I do not remember his runway, but I do remember Jillian's and I do remember Christian's. So that's going to be fun to look at. Um, nice. All right. Well, now that we've come to the end, Patricia, do you have anything to share with our listeners and can you remind them where they can find you? <laughs> yes, I can be found uh, loitering in the, the workroom Instagram account. And I can also be found sporadically on my own accounts um, with the same handle on Twitter and Instagram. That's sense and sight uh, like common sense and optical sight. Um, S E N S E A N D S I G H T. And what about you, Ernest? Yeah. So 
You can also find me on all the social mediums. So on Facebook and Instagram, um, find me on the workroom on both platforms and uh, my personal accounts at Ernez, H-E-R-N-E-A-S-E, and my website, ernezdavis.com. And um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's all. So much is happening. <laughs> so much is happening. So um, I hope all of you guys are taking care of yourselves. So that's, that's been something that I've had to be more mindful of in the past couple of weeks. And um so, you know, since uh, the busy semester is starting in the midst of everything else and um, as, you know, even as we kind of open up back here in New York City, it's been an interesting, uh, I will use, let me not use the word interesting so much. It's been a very surreal and kind of, a, you know, sort of like working our way back into what kind of looks like normalcy here, um, except everyone's wearing masks outside, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's um, like you know, while it's sort of like things are letting up and there is a bit of relief here, it's uh, you know, we're we're going back into a season, um, a new season here. So we're taking care of ourselves. Please take care of yourselves and each other. And next week we're going to venture into this finale. We're, we're all three of us will be together, so it's going to be a mega episode. <laughs> And um, then stay tuned for our bonus episodes, our, our wonderful Patreon patrons. Um, we're going to drop some fun little, you know, um, non-Project Runway uh, uh, talkies or chats or whatever you call it. Like, I'm calling them talkies. Other shows, other, you know, more conversations around yeah. art and fashion yes. and activism and yes. fashion and style and fashion. Yes. <laughs> fashion in so many iterations so so yeah all right well um so listeners until next week for our finale three we'll both say goodbye